All right, welcome to Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. As always, I'm Scoop Magoo. When I was little, my father was famous. He was the greatest samurai in the empire, and he was the shogun's decapitator. He cut off the heads of 131 lords. It was a bad time for the empire. <laughs> God, sorry. <laughs> I'm Elaine, and I had to say that because that's possibly my favorite opening of any album. Uh, and we're talking about that today. <laughs> oh, I'm, man. I'm so sorry, Scott. I, I had this planned for a couple days now, and I was just so excited for it. No, it's, it just, just, it's funny because the, the when delivery you pa- was bad. When you paused, I was like, oh my god, do we already have like a goof? Like we already have Oh like, yeah. like you, you wound up to introduce yourself and then just like wasn't you know, weren't feeling it. But um <laughs> The Shogun just stayed inside his castle and he never came out. <laughs> People said his brain was infected by devils. <laughs> wow. God. So if you recognize that line, you probably can ascertain that we're doing our monthly uh, review and anniversaries roundup. Um we have a good mix, but also a little bit of a focus on hip-hop this month, which is, is fun, because I feel like we, we don't talk about hip-hop as much as other genres. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, so, we're, we're all over the place, dude. Yeah. Actually, I feel like I say that about almost every genre we talk about, just because you're, you're right, that we really do kind of jump all over the place. Um, and before we get to the album, because we're going to go in chronological order, as we usually do with our album anniversaries, uh, we're going to dial back to 1980 with the debut album right? yeah yeah from uh, Bauhaus in the flat field uh, this is a seminal uh, post-punk goth rock album you know very um, very well regarded uh, they actually had a, a decent run I think I have a few of their albums um, you know post in the flat field but I think this is definitely um, definitely considered their best or at least it's one of their more well-known um, mask mask is really good um i i say I, I have like that Bauhaus collection that's like i think their first five albums i want to mm-hmm. say uh oh they only have uh five albums uh i think it's their first four and then like a um like a singles collection nice and yeah, uh, i mean they they none of them are you know like after mask are, are bad but Really, they pair on they pale in comparison to Flatfield and Mask, but we're talking about Flatfield with a lovely picture of uh, I think just a nude guy with a trumpet, nude dude with a trumpet, which is is always uh, that's a fun time when you yeah, see that. You're like, let's it's, it's let's just do it. Phallic as hell, I love it. Phallic as hell, love it. Um, yeah, so. I actually have both the album anniversaries, you know, we're talking about today on, on CD. It was great to break out this, you know, this copy. Obviously, this is pretty well regarded, like I said, um, in developing goth rock. You know, in a, in a lot of ways with, um, you know, seminal or foundational albums, you're not going to put this on and, you know, hear... Like, like I haven't listened to this for a while, so in my head I had, like, you know, Christian Death or, like, one of those, like, Death Rock, you know, goth rock. You know, kind of sounds, and that's not really what this is. It's definitely more. Uh, it's, just, it's kind of like a eclectic, weirder post punk in a way. Yeah, um, definitely it, it, more rooted. It's, it's in, a lot more aggressive. Yeah, than you'd think. and 
I think I, I remember having this the last time we revisited in a while is that it's a lot darker. It's a lot more eclectic than I remember. You know, I just, you, you, to me, when I think goth, I think, you know, I think The Cure. I just think, you know, more like sad rock. But this definitely has some, um, some really aggressive, like you said, some more traditional post-punk vibes. Um, and also, uh, I guess this didn't occur to me only because they they came out so close together but a lot of joy division vibes and i forgot yeah. that you know they explicitly state that they're influenced by joy division which i mean obviously they predated bauhaus but they're just so close together i don't know it's just it's always interesting to to hear that bands were so closely influenced by a, a contemporary um, yeah i i mean see i i sort of view this as like sort of what joy division might have sounded like hmm um, they continued, yeah. I mean, there was yeah, like, maybe, maybe more of like an alternate universe type of thing. Like, yeah, I mean, it, I could totally see that. Like, like it, it's very adjacent, but it's like I don't know. It it doesn't have that same like I don't know. Like I think you listen to some Joy Division songs and you're like, you know, ready to just you know go to like the liquor store and just guzzle like anything you see. <laughs> Yes. But like, I, I think with Bauhaus, it's like a little. I I feel like you 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 still want to drink a lot, but it's it's like maybe at a club. <laughs> what a fun analogy! I love it. Um, I know it's it, the funny thing is you know the funniest part is that you know I I don't drink so I I am a total expert on this. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Like most things, like most things <laughs> in in this podcast, I'm an but expert. But I think that analogy works, and definitely, I mean, you hear it throughout, but the title track in particular, like, to me, it almost sounded like a slowed-down interpretation of, like, Transmission or Shadow Play. Like, I definitely got a lot of mm. um, a lot of vibes of those tracks, specifically on, on, on the title track. Um, but I said eclectic because there's a lot of interesting ideas on here. You know, Double Dare is fantastic. You know, the, the guitar tone is yeah. so fuzzy and abrasive. Dive. Dive just is fucking great, and you know you have tracks like Saint Vitus Dance, which in in, in a lot of ways is, is it Vitus or Vitus? Sorry to you know, interrupt. I, you. I think it's one of those tomato tomato. I mean, I, I, I say that with no like I have no idea. I, I, I always thought it was Vitus because I always I isn't there a um there's a venue in Brooklyn called Saint yeah. Vitus. If I remember right, I'll, I'll go with Vitus. Oh, this this isn't a hill. I'm just, is it not even a hill I'm going to climb, let alone die on. I'll go with Vitus. Ne- 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 next week, we're going to talk about linguistics. Um, <laughs> week yeah. after that, we're going to talk about deconstruction. There you go. Um, Love it. <laughs> but yeah, St. Vitus Dance, I mean, it's kind of, it's almost closer to like an OG punk track. It feels like kind of like an earlier 70s punk song through but, and through. But, I mean, but, my... but then if you go, if you go like back that, if you go to Small Talk Stinks, like that's such a, like, I, I mean, there isn't a track on this album I don't like, but Small Stock Stinks is a weird song, just, like, in terms of, like, it's... You, you know how, like, in all the other tracks here, you've really got, like, that aggressive beat, but it's always, like, it really feels, like, rigid. Whereas, yeah. like, Small Stock Stinks has, like, this swinging vibe to it. Uh, it like, it, it, it almost sounds like... Like oh, like on a, like like Jay Giles is doing like a goth cover, I don't know like that's what it kind of reminds me of. Love that. Um, that's funny. I know. I I feel like I'm gonna get some backlash for that. 
no, I, I, it, it, it's going to negatively affect my karma. <laughs> no, but I, I feel like there's a ton of like it's just kind of a game of what what do you hear? Like there's, there's so many so many interesting yeah um, ideas on play here, and it's like you know like what does it sound like to you? And my my favorite um, favorite track and favorite surprise in the album is Nerves. The left I listened. Mm. Um, one one of my listens I did it on uh, Apple Music and, and there's a ton of bonus tracks which kind of take the eclectic nature even further. But Nerves I think is is the the actual like original closing track. And it's basically yeah. a metal song, honestly. Like the, you know the drag guitar strings that open it up and then it's a doomy riff. It just it has just this dark metallic. I mean it's not literally a metal song, but just it has that nice metallic air and it's just so heavy and it works so so well with kind of the dark atmospheres that they're trying to to bring about it's just mm. yeah i mean it, again this happens almost every single anniversary we, we do but just it feels like why don't i listen to this more just because yeah you know, like every time we revisit one of these albums i'm like damn this is fucking awesome so that's this... how i feel about our, our next one a lot but yeah i mean definitely here too um Oh, I was just thinking, like, I uh, Peter Murphy's vocals on this thing are just so iconic, I guess. Mm-hmm. E- even though, like, I don't know, just, like, I, I, I know I'm listening to Bauhaus, you know? Like, like because of that. Yeah. Like, the like those vocals, is it, it's, it's like listening to, um... Oh, God damn it. Uh, Ro- uh, Robert Smith. Uh, like, it... Not to say, like... Just more in that, like they have a very recognizable like timbre and like yeah, delivery. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and I just like you know you you, you just hear his vocals and you just kind of want to dress in black a little bit, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, and just go to your room and you know tell your mom that you don't want to have any fucking dinner because <laughs> <laughs> you're having feelings. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Put on that house and yell at your mom. We we just hit ten minutes and we're just like completely done. I'm just like you know, just stick a fork in me, man. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, 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 if there was a soundtrack for telling off your parents, I think Bauhaus definitely, definitely oh, yeah. fits the no, bill. It, Bauhaus and the Cure uh, definitely would be in there. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, Last Resort by Papa Roach. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I no, not even joking. I I had that on on repeat the other day <laughs> god that's such a uh, that one annoyed me so much only because of the way it was censored like they would like any it's such like a negative angsty song and like on the radio they edit out even like the you know cut my arm bleed like it's just why even pl- but uh, yeah i don't know I, I don't i don't get radio censorship yeah but, i mean i i don't get censorship in general but yeah like like some of the things like some of the things you can you can get away with saying, and some of the things that are edited, I don't get. But it, in any case, that is such a great, like, jump the fuck up, you know, mom yeah. and dad don't understand kind of song. Yeah, oh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, I I will say I I'm, you know, I I do like sort of the original track listing of this album, though I really wish that crowds, ended it, uh, j- just because I I love that track and like you know i i don't want to have to go to that singles collection for it mm. um crowds is just such a like again like a, it, that would again be on that list of just yeah <laughs> I, I i really like um i mean i think nerves just 
fits so well as a oh yeah it's a, it's a good ending it's more just like i just think crowds is a great song that's all <laughs> yeah i mean st- st- stick it somewhere in the track listing yeah i mean like you said there really is not a not a bad track on here i, th- I think it's a, it's a it's a very well-rounded um i think a lot of times especially with modern post punk which i i guess i think this is more a post-punk you know album than a, a goth rock album it just it, it was very foundational for the genre but it definitely i think it fits more in the post-punk camp and I, I don't know why but like a lot of modern post-punk is is extremely they really lean into the deadpan vocals and the monotone there was one one hyped up post-punk r- release recently and i'm having trouble remembering it i think it was called executioner's mask and it just the the vocals were it was almost like a parody of deadpan and the instrument well, yeah the instrumental was that the name of the band i think it was called executioner's mask okay. uh like so i mean some of the music was cool but in general just the, the vocals really dragged it down it was just so like one note and bleh. and i just I, I feel like i don't understand why you can't go back to like the early days where people like bauhaus joy division you know they, they brought so much to the table it wasn't just a hundred percent just you know let me let me use my deepest register and just kind of drone on. Um, like you could be sad and manic at the same time. You can you can have complex emotions. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the just the I don't know for some reason that just made me giggle. Uh, <laughs> but being sad and manic. Well, no, yeah, just like yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that's funny. Just like I don't I I, I guess that would be like Joker. I guess. Yeah, like just, just just like laughing and crying at the same time. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it, it's like Watchmen, <laughs> but, but Doctor, I am Pagliacci. <laughs> <laughs> um. So speaking of comic books, oh, okay. We're, that, are we moving wasn't, on? Wasn't a terrible segue. Yeah, wasn't great, but we're gonna we're gonna run with it. Speaking of comic books, uh, this next Talk person, about Tony Starks. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this next person is 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 part of a group that likes comic books i guess anyway it's the uh, seminal <laughs> you, you uh, guess yeah whatever it's the seminal 95 um you know i think solo debut from uh, it, it's Jizza. uh it's the it's the jizz's second album oh okay yeah but he has uh, he has oh, I, I guess it's really his first under the name jizza because I, I think the first one is is under yeah it's it's uh, words from the genius and it's under the the name the genius. Oh my god! If that isn't the most like mid two thousands album cover, yeah, it wow. is. It was ninety one too. That's crazy. That literally that literally looks like a they, they're like just a mid, ahead of their time, bro. Mid two thousand mixtape. Wow. Okay, this is that threw me off for a little bit. Yeah. In any case. Um, this is Liquid Swords, uh, you know, just an undisputable, undisputed classic, East Coast hip-hop, hardcore hip-hop. Um, this came three, was it three, or two, three years after End of the Wu-Tang? Um, I mean, there was, there was a, a, after Wu-Tang kind of hit the, you know, hit the scene, gained prominence, it just kind of was like everyone had to have their own solo album, and you had to, you know... ODB uh, with uh, yeah, the, the Wu-Tang Dirty version. Yeah. The, yeah, and then obviously you had only built for Cuban Links. Uh, two years after uh, Enter the Wu-Tang. Yeah. Also. And, you know, like everyone had to have their own 
um, you have their own own, own foray in, into yeah. uh, into the game. Ghostface um, had uh, Iron Man. Yep. Pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Raekwon had uh, only built for Cuban links. You know. And and personally, um, I, I know you really like Cuban links, but I think Liquid Swords is the best, um, or at least it, it's my favorite solo outing from. Uh, from a member of the Wu Tang Clan, it, it's it's a uh, uh, it's interesting because I actually don't, and this is why it took me a long time to to get into it. I, I don't really like the the title track. I think it's okay, yeah, but me I don't. Neither. It's it's the beat isn't awful, but I think it's easily the weakest on the album. So I like I would try listening to it, and that just like threw me off, and I just I didn't really dive in as much. But I mean, after that, I just really have no no real complaint personally you know i just I, I think this is like it's the perfect length you know his rhymes are great the beats are incredible um it, it's it, it, it's it's i always thought that he he might not have the biggest personality of the wu-tang clan but i think he's just he's the most like consistent rapper he definitely you listen to him he, he's a spitter he's more cerebral he has a lot of great punchlines. um i mean he has some of my favorite favorite lines on enter the uh uh oh, what what is it it's a uh, like i'll fucking <laughs> i'll oh, fucking soul your asshole close i you. gotta find it are you oh are, are, are you talking about that, a, that, like, that track on enter no, it's, oh yeah what's in your pants now human feces you know three draws into the hamper or the hamper next time come strapped with a fucking pamper oh i'd like that's just like such a great, <laughs> such a great line, um, and in general, I think that that translates really, really well onto Liquid Swords. I think that it, it a, a lot of the introspective and kind of more ch- chill in a way sounds from End of the Wu Tang. You know, RZA brings to this project, and I think that it really complements Jizza really, really well. I mean, in general, I, I love that they were able to produce very distinct solo albums. Like it wasn't just, yeah, I, I, I don't think that they were riding the, uh, I mean, obviously they were riding the, the wave of popularity from Wu-Tang, but I think that they each had their own creative vision. They each have their own style. They leaned into their personality. They leaned into their specific, you know, storytelling niche. Um, I mean, just mm-hmm. the, the, the four albums we mentioned, you know, ODB, Ghostface, Raekwon and, and Jizza. I mean, none of their big, you know, post end of the Wu Tang albums really sound. I, I mean, production wise, you could maybe draw some parallels because Rizzo, you know, had his hands on all of them, but they all I, have their own distinct. They flavor. all have their own taste, like flavor to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's funny you bring up sort of your experience with Liquid Stories like that because I I had a similar thing that I I think I, I remember I if I remember right I think I bought this thing just blind. Because I was like, hey, you know what? Enter the Wu-Tang is really good. I've heard good things about Liquid Swords. Let's go for it. And uh, I was really disappointed by it. Um, and it's not like, for the longest time, it's something that like has been on my shelf that like I'll pull it on every so often. But it's not something that I actively look forward to, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it has to do with actually that title track. Um, but... You know, sitting down and actually listening to this thing fucking blew my mind away. Like, I, you know, I, because for the longest time I couldn't see what people saw in this album. Um, but goddamn, is it good. And just, like, 
you know, it, it, it is just like every single track, he just comes out and just like, you know, I, I, I mean, I feel like Spit is like a sort of an understatement here. Like he just really goes all out every single time. And just every guest he has on here just does a great job. Um, you know, like the, there were numerous times where like I had to like just look at the track listing because I was like, damn, like, you know, like I, I had to like remember this, you know, track name or what what have you. Because, like you know, like Fourth Chamber was like insane. Uh, Swordsman was equal. Like, like they, they're all really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and just I, I, I mean... I think if I'm going to have a complaint aside from that title track, I mean, I would, I, I kind of wish it was a little shorter, uh, just because, you know, 50 minutes of, of, of hip hop is, is like, I mean, it's all good hip hop, but it's just like, after a while, you know, I, I, it, I think it's just like an, almost any album for me that's just like. It could always be 10 minutes shorter, kind of. Yeah, I mean, that's always been my issue. One of the reasons I prefer this over... Uh, I think a lot of people have it, you know, button, Liquid Swords, Cuban Links are kind of button heads. I prefer this... You know, in general, I just I prefer Jizza to Raekwon, but I just Googled it. it um, Cuban Links is, is, like, almost 70 minutes long. So yeah. I, th- I think for me, just because, especially in the early days of hip-hop, the way that the beats weren't as flashy and dynamic the you know the lyricism wasn't as you know it was it was rudimentary i don't mean that in a negative way but just it was kind of the foundational you know uh, period of the genre the long longer albums were were just it gets old because you know you have a lot of i mean maybe if we're talking about like um uh like golden age you know type of stuff but like this is like i don't know like i i felt like each track was bringing something new to the table and like the production was distinct enough i think it's just more like too much of a good thing yeah i i mean it's one of those things where i don't think any particular song is bad there's just there's too there's way too much of it especially um one of my favorite examples is capital punishment by big pun i think you know big pun is one of the more underrated rappers of the 90s he has his great flow great wordplay but a his is that album in particular had a ton of dumb skits and stuff, yeah. which that's kind of always the downfall. But also, it just it was so. I think it was twenty tracks, and uh, it's it's one of those ones where I'm pretty sure a lot of the interludes are like folded into the songs. Oh, so like yes, it's, it's, it's it's even difficult to to skip. I, I could be wrong. It, um, it's it's, it's kind of like that here. A little bit, but I mean, yeah. at least like like the, they're pulling mostly from like the uh, the film Shogun Assassin, which is actually a really good movie. I highly recommend people watch it. It's super fun. It's it's just a badass samurai and his little kid just killing everybody. <laughs> so, just, oh, I man. I can't recommend it enough. Like, especially especially if you like this album, because you, you'll just be going along with it as well. You'll just be like, oh. When I was little, <laughs> my father was a famous man. <laughs> um, so something that I, I I thought back on. So first of all, you just funny funny story, or at least now it's funny. But uh, recently, I, I couldn't believe like I, I had a, a hip 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 hop kick, and I couldn't believe I didn't own Liquid Swords. So I bought it, you know, thinking that I was adding it to my collection. 
Uh, turns out that I yeah ha- I have it, and I found that out because I listened to it and I was like, man, I I should listen to this more often. And then I went to put it on my shelf, and lo and behold, there is my original copy of Liquid Swords. <laughs> so I was like, that's great, thanks. So I was I was able to sell it back, but that was a little bit annoying. Um, but I was curious where it, it ranked on, you know, top, you know, rate your music, top, which isn't the be all end all. Uh, and not so, I mean, the, the, it's, it's ninth overall, which is fine. But what was interesting to me is I remember when I was really getting into the golden age of hip hop, I was looking through and I remember that I bought like within the top, I don't know, like the top 20 or, or so, give or take. I bought so many of these in one fell swoop. And I just feel like because of the, the you know, uh, enduring popularity of the genre, and just because it, you know hip hop really came out of the height of the, you know, the CD boom in the '90s, um, I feel like it's really easy to get into, like OG, like golden age hip hop. Um, I mean, do, do you consider Wu Tang golden age? Because I I consider them like post that. I always thought of golden age as like Eric B and Rock him and like maybe run dmc and like those dudes yeah i wonder i mean that might be that's probably more accurate in terms of what like the actual golden age is i mean i just i think of um like to me um, so yeah. i'm on wikipedia which is always infallible um it says uh created from the mid 80s to the early 90s so you could i i guess you could count it but i'm seeing like a lot of like you know ll cool j slick rick Run DMC, Public Enemy, Beastie Boys, Eric B and Rakim, De La Soul. Um, That's really interesting because that that is not personally that is not what I would deem. Like I, I think early to mid nineties is when you have. I mean, again, it's it's personal preference. I, I mean, it, it, I mean all those albums has, are important. has a pretty like long history, like longer yeah. than you'd think. Anyway, um, yeah. j- just from like its start, you know, as like you know people like. You know, turn like this turntable list. Yeah, doing stuff. I, I mean, obviously, all those albums you mentioned, you know, the '80s to the '90s are important. Just to me, definitely my preferred style. Like I consider the golden age, or like really the when a huge influx of albums that are of my hip hop taste came out in the '90s. I mean, it's kind of like um, the golden age of death metal is pretty much around like '90, like between '89 and '91. Where like name a death metal classic and it, it, it pretty much came out in that three year stretch more or less. So, but it, it's just it's interesting to me how of all the genres I you know I've tried to really dive deep into. Um, I guess jazz too is pretty easy. Like there's you know there's always a, a ton of options when you go buy you know try to buy um, CDs. Uh, metal is I think the most difficult to get into physically just because usually you know. If you if you go to the store, they're not you know. You don't have as many options, and it seems like nowadays yeah. a lot of the classic albums, you know, labels are pushing out um, like vinyl reissue, like expensive, you know, multi version, you know, multi pressing, different colors I mean, and stuff I, like that. I, I I guess it depends almost on what metal because like you know if you want like a copy of like you know master of puppets like you're gonna find that shit oh sure yeah but but if you're looking for like, like morbid metal, angels like, covenant like yeah you know you might have a tough time yeah i think i meant like death metal you know extreme metal death metal yeah black metal and whatnot um really uh yeah just it was interesting to me because i, I remember specifically i went into newbury and i was like oh you know let, let, you know let me just see um 
you know, let me see what I could find here. And I think I bought Liquid Swords, Cuban Links, uh, Low End Theory, uh, Three Feet High and Rise. Like I just, I bought a ton, like right off the bat, and they're all relatively reasonably priced. So, um, I also but, want to point out though that uh, my my favorite Wu Tang member is Ghostface, not Raekwon. So just saying. <laughs> oh, I, well, I just I, yeah. I thought that among so is Cuban Links not your favorite? No. Oh. Um, I think if I had to pick a favorite solo Wu Tang album, uh it could honestly be Liquid Swords. Um, now that I'm really thinking about it, uh, I it used to be Fish Scale for a long time. Um, it might still be. I I, lie. I need to listen to Fish Scale again. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of those two. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You really can't go wrong. Cuban Links is good, though. It, like, don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I think the meal a just because I prefer Jizza, but also because of um, it's a little bit more palatable, I suppose, in a way. Like, definitely once you once you cross the hour mark for me with a hip hop album, I, I it's really I have a hard time. Yeah, um, I I mean, yeah, I, I think with a hip hop album, yeah, I think that there are some albums. Actually, my album of the week uh, is one that i think is over an hour um yeah but it's it's interesting how it totally depends on the um you know it totally depends on on the artist because you know like obviously we both love swans their albums are are quite long of of (laughs) late but it just again it's just it's for whatever reason it's the way that it's presented uh to me it really has to do with the fact that like i mean by its nature, hip hop is really repetitive. So having you know twenty tracks of like repetitive beats is a little you know that 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 gets to me for you know, after yeah. a while. Yeah, I um, mean, it's especially like I I mean in this you know nowadays I think you can get a little more variance. I mean, not to say there isn't a lot of variety in this in this track list. It's just that like you know it it, it has that like boom bap type of sound to it. So like. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, and it stays within that frame for the most part. Um, I'm trying to remember that. What, what's the track with those organ stabs on it? Or I, I, I don't even know. I think they were synth stabs, I guess. But um, could be investigative reports. I think it could be it. Um, this is not coming to me either. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's just more like you know, just you you still got that that ride and beat, and you know, like RZA kind of keeps to like you know martial arts type of themes sometimes, and then you know like some soul sample. You know, it's like you you know what you're getting into. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's definitely. I really like when a, a producer ha, uh, you know has a distinct style. You know that way you always know when you like on. Um, uh, Mac Miller watching movies with a sound off. I think that's what it's called. Um, what, the interesting thing about Mac Miller is there's some. I don't know if he ever actually said this, but it's a speculation that he started off with like the Party Boy rap just to kind of get his name out there. But he really wanted to make like deeper, like mad, you know, backpacker type stuff. So like he he released huh. like the 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 dumb you know dumb like pop rap stuff just to kind of get his foot in the door. Um, because his first like actual full album of um like serious or like you know underground hip-hop kind of stuff is is really good but one of the tracks 
is produced by Flylo. And even if I like, I didn't know that, like as soon as the beat comes on, I'm like, hey, that sounds like a Flylo beat. Like, so it's just, it's really cool because of how, you know, how collaborative hip hop is when you, you can, you know, you hear, can't mistake someone's, you know, vocals, can't mistake someone's beats. And it's, it's cool. You don't want to pop something yeah. like that. So. Yeah. Great. I, yeah. So. No, no, no. Something else you want to say? Close this out? Nah, just, uh, you know, fucking great album. I'm really glad I listened to it frankly because you know it's one of those like i i slept on this for a long time and i really needed that like moment to sort of have it click for me mm-hmm. um you know and just like it's one of those things like i could probably just listen to it again today if i wanted to um you know yeah just i mean i i feel like it's it's almost a no-brainer nowadays to be like oh you want to get into hip-hop listen to wu-tang but yeah. you know still like it's it, it's there low-hanging hip-hop fruit for you <laughs> love it okay um so yeah so we're gonna get back to near now to our the, the um, present day they were present day and we're gonna get to back to hip-hop in a little bit but for the time being we are going to talk about an artist we talk about pretty often i, th- I think we, we reviewed a, a few of his um his prior projects and this is the latest album uh not not the one that we texted back and forth jokes about earlier this year um it is lamentations wait wait what are we talking about with that joke oh basinski's uh um his disco album that came out earlier oh, this year oh like we're not talking about that one we're talking about the, his latest you know the latest edition. i, I don't know it. if i'd call it a disco album but i mean yeah, i don't really know what to call it so yeah it, it, it's, it's interesting for sure <laughs> yes yeah, so, you know, take that what you will but yeah uh, this is you know lamentations it, it's the um the latest offering like i said in kind of his uh his ambient discography and uh i'm really glad that this came out this year because that the album i just mentioned i was like really uh kind of surprised to see and you know i was you know it's one of those you're always excited to see a new release from an artist but then you know be careful what you bargain for sometimes you you want to get into something weird um look up basinski on discogs and he's shown up on like some really like interesting stuff that like you would not expect like even beyond that that latest uh disco not really disco thing uh, interesting it, i i went on a little rabbit hole like uh I, that doesn't make any sense uh i went down a rabbit hole of sorts <laughs> just like afternoon. laid laid on top of the rabbit hole yeah <laughs> just like it's the only way to, to keep bugs bunny down there <laughs> uh, but anyway <laughs> So, you know, I, I was looking at his discogs and there's like a lot of, you know, like some pop stuff, you know, um, I think he played uh saxophone for like a jazz, not a jazz band, but like, like a rock pop band at one point. Interesting. Um, I think he opened, he opened for like Bowie, I want to say, and like with like some random band, I don't know, it was it, like... You know he he's he's been all over the place. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like that that kind of fits his style. That just he's he's just a um, an eclectic dude. I mean, even even with his ambient works, like it, it's not 
um, like you know this is definitely distinct from like the disintegration loots for example or even some of the more recent um, you know recent yeah. projects he's done and personally this is I think one of my favorites uh, I really loved um, what was it called uh, Cascade that was from yeah. a few years ago that was an absolutely gorgeous uh, you know piano interpolation that that was you know, like a half hour long I think it was even longer a few of the digital it, it was it was like around 40 minutes yeah and it just was a was a really really gorgeous you know one track project but I, I definitely as I mentioned before about you know people like Tim uh, Tim Hecker, Hecker. I, I <laughs> like the the kind of track by track ambient albums I, I really appreciate when you know you there's like a, a bit more variety and it's it's not necessarily just a you know an hour-long commitment that you have to you know zone into and uh, I thought this had a great amount of variety I thought you know the tracks in here were gorgeous they were haunting um, and it, it, it kept my interest throughout uh, it's definitely something that I was excited to listen to a couple times and and I am I'm glad we listened to it because I uh, I didn't actually know this was coming out until relatively recently uh or like you know relatively close to the release date i think this just came out this past week or maybe it was the week before yeah it, um, it's it's i'm pretty sure it's the week before because i was i was remember i was looking for it uh when we were at bull moose yeah and of course they didn't have it yeah but um you know so i i have a question for you about this album what do you think about sort of the cohesiveness of the entire thing i i liked that it was it was varied it definitely um jumped around a little bit to me you know there was definitely a little bit more space ambient type stuff at some points and then it got a little bit more into some darker soundscapes uh the one thing that disappointed me a little bit is I really, really loved all these two I I love, which is yeah. a confusing track title, but anyway, um, just like a stunning vocal sample, I, I thought, and honestly, part of me could see it working really well as the basis of a hip-hop beat, like I could totally see oh, yeah. like old school LP, Cannibal Ox, like that kind of definitive Jux crew I, I mean, rapping I, over I, it. There's a, uh, there's a track off of Fish Scale that uses like, uh, like a vocal sample, like in a similar way oh that's awesome um the, i mean it's it's not it's not opera it's like uh it's a r&b song but yeah still like it, it's 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 interesting when hip-hop producers sample like vocals instead of instrumentals yeah um but but, but, but what were you saying about just it? the last thing i'd say is that i i, I was a little disappointed when because i thought it was it was different i liked that he kind of was jumping around on ideas um but then you get to uh, please, this shit has got to stop, which is, is, you know, I can relate to that. Um, yeah. But you get to that, and it, it's kind of along the same lines. Like, yeah, it, and it, it, it feels like a continuation. Same thing yeah. with, the, with the final track. Yeah, like it just, it, it kind of ended on that note. I was like, oh, like it, 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 I still really liked the idea, but I did think it dampered a little bit because I, I liked the fact that it was like this solitary, you know, you know, had been kind of going around, around the, his ambient toolkit so to speak um but yeah I'm, cu I'm curious why you asked um just because so i mean first off this is um th this isn't like you know he's he's not composing all of this for this album he's pulling from 
uh, a lot of works that he's made in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, from like, because I guess he's just got just a ton of archives of of just pre-made stuff already. So I think he's taking from that a lot. Uh, which, so basically, when I first listened to this, that was kind of the first thing that came to my mind because with pretty much every other Basinski album I've listened to, you know the. One of the one of the core things for me has been he's been able to you know sort of um, give some variety while also maintaining sort of a common thread throughout everything. Um, you know, I think in some releases it's more obvious. You know, like disintegration loops, it's much more obvious because you're just using that single fragment and watching it, you know, just distort and decay over time. Um, but like even like uh, on time out of time from last year had this you know very grand in my mind kind of grand sort of vibe to it that continued with on both tracks uh, whereas this felt like um, it, it was kind of all over the place when it came to sort of that cohesion that sort of musical uh, common thread uh, you know like and not to say that the, there were bad tracks. I mean, there there were tracks that weren't my favorite sometimes. But um, like, but like for whom the bell tolls, great track. The wheel of fortune, also great track. But they're completely different, you know, in mm-hmm. in sort of um, their style, you know, in how they're presented. Even, you know, for whom the bell tolls is just like this dark droning passage, whereas like wheel of fortune feels like it it, it takes more from like that minimalistic side of things. Um, but, but my point with all of this is just more like he, um, my my first listen felt a little a little wild, kind of chaotic almost, um, which was just kind of surprising. And when I got to uh, all these two, I love, um, I, I was kind of you know at my limit almost with it, and sort of even though like, like I thought parts of that track were cool, but. I don't know if you'd notice this that the there were like these vinyl crackles on it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if they're vinyl crackles, um, but I just found them to be uh, a little much after a while. Uh, like I, I, I almost wonder whether it would be possible to kind of like EQ those or at least just like soften them a little bit um, because like I they they play a really cool role in being like this sort of like this cool rhythmic portion to the track but it just felt like like i don't know it 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 just didn't it just didn't totally fit right with the overall mix almost to Mm. me um you know but like so where am i even going with this (laughs) um well it's just like so my first listen was kind of negative in that regard that like i was like oh i enjoyed this on the whole but i found sort of the lack of cohesion to be you know kind of off-putting and i found sort of like the last you know run of tracks to be um like kind of a little much but uh listening to it again uh it really grew on me um like and i think it's because i just i sat down and it kind of so i when i was writing notes about this and because i was just i'm pretty much just gonna read them right here is just uh, this doesn't feel like an album as much as a compilation, mm. not a cohesive experience, unlike many of Basinski's albums. But then I, because I, I feel like I kind of 
retread like I, I feel like I almost retract that statement because um says perhaps the common thread between these pieces isn't meant to be similar musical styles but rather more similar feelings sort of the album art the album title the track names there's there's an inherent like darkness and somberness I guess to everything that is in this album to a certain extent um uh, and I, I, I think once I kind of focused on that, it felt like it, it was, it, it like felt more cohesive actually. Hmm. Um, which I mean, I, I, I guess you know, Basinski is not um, a stranger to darkness and to to somber, you know, emotional moods in his music. I mean, disintegration loops is a very uh, obvious um, example of that. <laughs> But um, I just felt like this was, you know, I, I think when I focused on it like that, I just, I, I loved it a lot more. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed this, so. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that we ended up more or less at the same place, but we all kind of took different paths to get there. That's, yeah. You know, because I, I totally get what you're saying. It, it does, in some ways, although I think the thematic argument you make is, is interesting, but to me... Um, I did like the variety of it, but it definitely isn't as, you know, just kind of plug and play and, and ride as some of his his, his past albums. But. Yeah, which, I mean, it, I think that that's more to, like, one's, like, disposition, one, to one's prerogative more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't mind going for, like, a long-haul ride when it comes to ambient music. Um, I, I do want to, like, I guess I, I wrote this other note, just that, like, I... <sighs> Basically, so I'm already sorry ahead of time, but I just for again, Basinski's music proves to be more of a grower than a shower, if you will. Yeah. It's a it's a dense, beautiful work that masks its true complexity and beauty with faux simplicity, and which only truly reveals itself with time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I because I only a couple weeks ago actually did I finally listen to Disintegration Loops and actually like found it clicking with me um because for a long time i've i've it's been very difficult for me to get into that work uh just because of that uh you know just the constant repetition mm-hmm. of it you know which i mean this is the whole fucking point um but you know having it on uh a while ago was just you know mind altering almost just in how you know it's ju- just watching those little like watching for those little changes in the audio and watching those little changes expand into big changes over a large amount of time mm-hmm. um uh, it, it it just kind of kind of says to me that, that there's a lot you know like he he does a lot with very little is i guess yeah, is what absolutely. i'm trying to say it, and i i find that really interesting and it's something that like um you wouldn't expect almost because I, I don't know just, just I, I I don't know where I'm going <laughs> no I, I totally I totally pick up where you're putting down yeah um, it, it's just cool to see this type of you know I, I guess minimalism you know really work out in such an interesting way uh, because I mean like you know for whom the bell tolls is just you know it's just like a droning bell uh, you know, it's just, I think it's just been treated a lot, mm-hmm. but it's, it, it works like it works stupendously. 
um, along with just like everything on this album like even uh, all these two I love like I, I found myself really enjoying it actually as I on the second time around um, I really love sort of that tape warble that it it, it sort of has throughout it I, I've, I've always I've always kind of liked that type of thing because um, it just sort of like that broken media type of sound is is always interesting mm-hmm. um but yeah no i i think this is great you know i i still really like in on time out of time uh maybe just because that's more of like a focused it, it feels a little more focused but still th- this is a great album so yeah and honestly part of me was hoping that uh, similar to what sun did um on their album you, it is weird you bring that up because the album cover reminded me of that's uh, one of the later Sun albums. Yeah, but uh, on, on that album is you know the closing track is it's called F F W T B T and it's a, like a, a ex- extraordinarily like slow down to the point of um, you know not being not being recognizable to, to interpretation of who for whom the bell tolls. So I, I was curious if he was going to do the same thing huh. um, in, in a different way, Vasinski on this album. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think he did. And obviously, it's it's not like a Metallica. Like, it's not a Metallica thing. Like obviously, that was a reference to the Hemingway novel. So you know, obviously, the, the concept of referencing for the bell tolls is not like is not only a Metallica thing. Is yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, as promised. We are returning back to the, the realm of hip-hop, and for a MC who's quite a bit more on the abstract end of the spectrum, this is the latest album from Aesop Rock, uh, Spirit World Field Guide. Uh, this is his first album since, uh, or his first solo album since, what, yeah. Possible, Possible Kid, like in 2016? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, he released Malibu Buchan with um, Tobacco, Tobacco which, was a, which is a fun album. Uh, last year, La- this year, last year, it, it was last year. It was last year, uh, yeah. Because I, I remember trying to figure out where it would be on my um, yeah albums of the year list, and I, I don't think it ended up making it. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it was a fun record, but you know, everything Aesop does has uh, you know, it's it's intriguing. You know, I've been a fan of his ever since. Uh, one of my friends made a a flash drive full of, of of songs, which that's you know that's a that's quite a ways back when that used to be relevant. <laughs> Uh, but he put like a bunch of different. Um, essentially, it was like a like a mixtape. And one of the yeah. songs he put on there was the uh, the title track to "None Shall Pass." And I mean, that's still one of my favorite hip hop songs ever. It's just it's it it's, it it really encapsulates everything that I like about Aesop. Is that you know, his his lyrics are incredibly esoteric and thought provoking, or you know, or just just plain weird. I mean, he's an incredible lyricist. His flow is just the the, the fact that. His flow sounds so good, and considering you know the things he's able to to say, you know, because I mean there are a lot of rappers whose flows sound good, but also their their lyrics aren't especially you know aren't really groundbreaking. So it's yeah. really easy to make simple words sound good, but the fact that he has these complex you know word choices and, and ideas that sound as you know as smooth as they they do, and then of course the beats he raps on are you know even in his earlier days on you know like Labor Days and. And none shall pass. Um, Bazooka tooth, baby. Yeah, I mean, even when on those, because I think his beats have kind of gotten weirder over time. But even I, back then, I think they've gotten better over time. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. But you know, back in the day, even you know they were more traditional in a way. They still have their own flair to them. They still have their own quirky personality. 
Um, and he's taken on more, I think he pretty much entirely self-produced, he had collaborators here and there, but you, you would say this is more or less a self-produced album. That's something yeah, he's... I mean, that that's been the uh, trend I think for his last three albums, yeah. and that's that's something um, he's he's taken on more and more. Which um, I don't I, I think that's really cool because it, it's you know it's a kind of a unique problem to hip hop that like when you credit an album like how much you love the beats uh, mm. like that's one of the things like Atrocity Exhibition for example one of my favorite things about it are the the beats but you know I don't think Danny. I'm not even sure if he was a co-producer. Uh, I mean, he, um, he obviously, I, obviously, he must have been there, but like other I, people. I, see, yeah. I, I feel like you know because I'm pretty sure he has an executive producer credit on it. That, not to mention it's it's his fucking album. Yeah, but but um, that's the thing. It's always I mean, like executive producer can you know be that's yeah, always but, like a little bit of a nebulous term. But yeah, I I think just more like I I think if Danny had a problem with the beat or if he wanted it to go a certain way, like he would he would let like Black Milk know, you know, sure. he would let his other producers know, and that like you know it's it's more of a collaboration. Um, yeah. I think on some releases where whereas like on others it's just like here's the beat, put down the bars, do your job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe Danny was a bad because he, like I said, he definitely is involved. I think maybe a better example is. Uh, uh, I love "Take Care" by Drake, but it's mainly yeah. because of the the atmosphere of the beats and like how it sounds. And, and Drake, Drake isn't involved, you know, pretty much at yeah. all. I don't think so. To say that I, I like that Drake album, but I don't, you know, Drake is actually my least favorite part of, of his own <laughs> album. You know, the, like so, something that he didn't have the direct influence or like direct, uh, in, not input. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just it's really cool when you could say. I like this this rapper's album. I mean, it's one of the cool things about Run the Jewels is that it's you know, it's really yeah, it, it's, it's, it, their, it's a their house thing. production, like um, an in-house thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're a huge Aesop fan, uh, Elaine. So I want to hear what uh, what you think first. Yeah. So um, I don't know when this got announced. Did you ever? Did you read into the concept of it? By any chance? I mean, you, you hear about it on the first track, nonetheless. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of guessed just based on the name. Like, I felt like, okay, yeah. so this is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah. It, it, it's on the nose. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, like, so, like you said, the first track, it's like, okay, yeah, this, that's, this is what this yeah, is going to be about. Yeah, it, it's, for those who don't know, it's, I, I guess Ace is trying to, like, uh, I mean, it's, it's basically, it's literally the title. This is a guide to the spirit world. Um, what exactly the spirit world is, I don't really know. Um, I, I, I just don't know. <laughs> because it depends on your I, faith system of choice, I Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> see, but that's the thing is, it, so I'm assuming you watched the Needle Drop review for it? I didn't, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, because Fantano sort of took a similar uh, interpretation with that, in that like he's thinking spirit world, you know, religion kind of. Uh, whereas, I don't know if that's exactly what Aesop is talking about. Um, but I, I, the thing is like it's like, like the the concept is like such a core part of this album, but it's so nebulous to me. Like, I just can't fucking figure it out, mm-hmm. like, for the life of me, like, what he's talking about. And throughout the album, you know, there's, I, I'm trying to read some of these lyrics, but, I mean, one 
they they fly by you know because he he has like a very fast flow for a lot of the tracks on this album uh but also you know like he feels like it almost feels like he's more abstract and esoteric than he has been in years mm-hmm. um so it's just very difficult to sort of read into what he's even trying to say so which i, I, I we're sorry Andrew, but like that's it's something that's a bit of a double-edged sword with Aesop. like in some ways yeah. it's it's cool that like he has all these complex bars and whatnot and that he uses these but other times it's like can you just can you just like rap first? Like, can you, well, like I, I just I want to know what you're saying, man. Um, yeah, I, like I I think if you like, I I think it's like the more you work with it, the yeah, more you, you get yeah. out of it. Because yeah. like you know, after listening to Gopher Guts for like the millionth time, you know, I I'm finally sort of able to like kind of read into it a little more. And like mm-hmm. if you really study like Nunchal Pass, you know, there's a lot hidden in there. Um, it's just like. Actually, the, uh, the YouTuber Polyphonic um, kind of put this like most succinctly. He said, like, pretty much, like, Aesop is basically rapping entirely in metaphor. Yeah. Um, which is, like, just so. I mean, that's literally what the guy's doing, yeah. pretty much. He's never saying things exactly like they are, you know. Um, and it, like, it's, it's definitely a, uh, you know, like a main, you know, main discography album kind of thing. Because when he does features, like, he has an amazing feature on. Uh, Open Mike Eagle, his album Hell Personal Film Festival, where he he still brings like the level of wordplay and the re- like the nerdy references and stuff, but he yeah. presents it in a way. Well, first of all, he's rapping a little bit more slowly, which helps. But like he presents it in a way which is very like you could pick. It takes a minute, but it doesn't take like multiple listens to get what it, his references and what he's, he's saying. He's not he's not incapable of of being more to the point. Like Impossible Kid. Uh, I think, which I think is his best album, frankly. Um, I think it struck a really nice balance of, you know, being able to be accessible, but also sort of hiding a lot of that personal detail in some really well done lyricism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, you know, like um, oh, I can't remember. I think it's Rings. Um, you know, if you really read into that, like it, it, it it's an artfully, you know, uh, expressed track about, you know him giving up on becoming like a visual artist basically mm-hmm. um but like but, but back to this album though i i think that like the the concept is kind of what's throwing me at the moment with this thing because it, i mean it's it, it's the entire album like it's named spirit world field guide so like it, it's an important part of it but i've just yet to make any semblance of it whatsoever um, which I, I think is just like this album's biggest weakness. Like, it's just that, like, I just don't know what to let, like, is it supposed to be kind of a joke? Is he, is he making like an alternate universe here? Is this supposed to be more of a religious connotation? Like, is, is Aesop finally getting spiritual? Uh, is he already, sp- I, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, it, it, I, I will say though that like lyricism isn't always, you know, the main draw for me. Like I, I love hearing him rap you know um what it's about you know is is stuff that i usually look into uh after many listens mm-hmm. you know and what once i'm sort of used to everything but the music I, I really enjoyed it um it has i think some of his best production ever um i think the the only production i think that could be outdone by it is is impossible kid just because that felt a little more synth heavy and that i i kind of like that that mm-hmm. style associated with aesop um 
but like this was just like you know every track really banged you know it just everything was just like you know um just meticulously crafted you know if you remember in the introduction track you know there were certain parts where you'd hear other voices beneath him in the mix and like you know it's just like he just put a lot of time and effort into all this and it really pays off mm-hmm. um i will say though that i think it it, it, it is unnecessarily long mm. um like it is over an hour um and I, actually if you look into it i think there is only one album of aesops that isn't over an hour or close to it and I, i'm pretty sure that's the impossible kid uh funnily enough uh that i mean malibu ken i think is like 35 minutes um but yeah it 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 really feels like it loses steam sort of in the second half of it like i I was like uh i think was it pizza arcade i think pizza pizza alley i'm sorry um I, i was just like i was not a huge fan of that and just like i think from that onwards it just kind of went down and down for me but like uh gauze is a fucking awesome track uh that beaten gauze is awesome uh boot soup jumping coffin are all great tracks uh the gates is obviously a great track great uh single for this album um you know it's just that like again it's too much of a good thing like it's just like like this is a problem i i find on every aesop album um as much as I love the guy and I love his music, I, I just like every one of his albums is close to an hour and it's like it, it really it's draining. Like, especially because you know, I think if you were listening to like I don't know, like I'm pretty sure um what is it? Uh Triple X, you know, Danny Brown is is like close to that, or at least it, it it's it's like near like the forty five minute mark, if I remember right. It, but like you know, like, I think the difference between that is just, like, I, I think Danny has some variety going on. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he has one where he's just like, oh, this is my radio song, you know? Yeah, exa- or he's yeah. just talking about eating pussy, you know? or But but then he has, you know, he has DNA or, like, uh, Scrap or Die, which are just, like, you know, terrifying songs to listen to. Mm-hmm. But then he has Blunt After Blunt, you know? Like, there, there's, you know, there, there's a lot of fun. And not to say Aesop doesn't have fun. It's just that, like his idea of fun just seems to be just like these incredibly verbose flows. And it's just like, I, you, you just, I just can't take too much of that at once. It's just, it's just a lot to take in. Like it'd be like if I spent like my entire day watching like Ingmar Bergman films, like I think they're really good. Do I want to watch, you know, seven seal and wild strawberries, like, you know, one after the other? No. (laughs) Um, I mean, you basically just summed up my, um, really my only issue, but it, it's, it's a, I mean, ultimately it's, it's a bit of a significant one just because you, when you listen to an album, you have to listen to the whole thing for, you know, to get the whole experience. So yeah. as much as I enjoy every track on you, like really there wasn't a single song or beat that I, I didn't like. I thought the production was excellent. I, I, I loved, uh, you know, I got, you got everything you want from Aesop Rock and it was, you yeah. know, it was great, but you know, the, the, it, it was clear what, you know, kind of angle I was going to take and where, you know, my main, you know, opinion was going to lie when I went to, you, you know, you reach a point in an album where you're like, how much is left? Like, you, like yeah. you just, yeah. So I reached that on Holy Waterfall, which is exactly 
in, in the, the middle, middle of the album. <laughs> so the fact that like I was like, oh, I wonder how much is left, and I checked, and I was like, oh, <laughs> literally, you know, this yeah. the same length over again. Which stinks because I actually I enjoyed. Um, like on the first half, I really loved. I think Bud Masher was probably my favorite. I loved the jazzy beat switch in the middle. That was that was oh, awesome. Yeah, that, that was really um, good. And then maybe my favorite track did come in the back end, so that helped a bit. I, I loved um, Kurukushi, which to me had major Run the Jewels vibes. You know, it just it, it, it sounded like I actually checked to see if LP served as a co-producer by any chance because I just it totally. Um, and I would love to hear them collaborate that would be really fun. you know that'd be a make for a really yeah cool I, track. i'm surprised they they haven't because he was i'm pretty sure aesop was on definitive jux which was yep. lp's label yep um but yeah i mean in any case it, it's which it's ironic that like i'm saying there's so much music to talk about and listen to but i actually don't have a ton to say you know only because i just felt like you know i did my standard two listens and that, that was a, that was a little tough just because it, it, there's it's a lot and um in some ways i actually prefer i feel like nunshell pass had a bit more maybe it was because just the lyrics are so esoteric but even a nunshell pass like there's a song called like bring back pluto and like nunshell pass See, like, the, that, that's kind of my point with like the concept is that i like i think it works against aesop here yeah because you, you're already feeling so much stuff you know in your songs to begin with so like to have an entire concept album for Aesop is just kind of overkill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As cool of an idea as it is. Yeah, um, like like a nunshell pass. Even if it's just the hook, like you know, nunshell pass is you know, you get the reference of you know like the the Lord of the Rings reference. You could put that in your head. Uh, there's a song you know, bring back Pluto, which again you you just there's something on each track that you can kind of like wrap your head around. Whereas with this, the fact that it, it really the concept is is so dense and um, I don't. Know, I really like the beats on this, but I also felt yeah. like, in general, he hit. Maybe there was a bit more variety on his past projects. I don't. I don't know if that's just. Yeah. Did Did, did you ever feel like because um, I felt like his flows sometimes um felt a little samey at some yeah, points. Yeah, I did too. Which I mean, sometimes yeah. that happens with um artists that have a specific niche. I, I mean, like. You know, MF Doom uses pretty much the exact same flow. Oh yeah. Um, you know, sometimes Danny. He, he he's made a career out of doing that one flow. Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes, like Danny, if you listen to him for too long, you you really you know, you pick up pretty much you know some some similar. Yeah. Um, you, you you get the cadence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think unfortunately, like a lot of that probably is is a, a great deal to do with it. There, I mean, there's so many opportunities for that to happen on this album because there's just there's mm-hmm. so much music that you know. S- similar sounding flows are going to pop up just because you're, you know, you're just hearing him rap for so long. So, yeah. Um, uh, but you know, that aside, I mean, it was still an enjoyable listen. Like, you yeah. know, it's, I, I, I plan on buying it at some point. Um, you know, maybe not as immediately as I thought before going into this, but still like solid album. Yeah. And it's, it's always a tough critique because like basically you're saying like there's too much good music which like is not you know some people will be like well it's kind of a lame you know a lame criticism but I, I think you know when you're listening to an album as an experience it's a little tough um yeah it's a little tough when it's it's placed in a certain way that makes it tough to uh, like i go back to that um self-defense family example where 
in the middle of the album, they had a half hour or like a 20 minute interview with a your retired, I think, porn star or stripper or something like that. And then the, the album ended with the other 20 minutes. And like I wrote a review for Sputnik and people were, were saying like, oh, we'll just skip over it. Like, it's not that hard. I'm like, but it's on the album. Like, yeah, like, like it's, it, it's intended yeah. to be listened if to. If your solution to making the album more palatable is to not listen to some of the album, that's kind of, it's kind of a weird. So yeah, I, I always feel weird when I say the album's too long, there's too much good music, especially because I really don't, there really aren't any tracks I dislike, but it just, I don't know. And it also makes it tough because like, it'd almost be easier if you could say, oh, like, you know, th- these two, three tracks are not, they probably could have been cut. Like, I, I don't know what tracks I would cut from this. I just definitely think that they're, you know, it's a bit, a bit longer than it could have been. Yeah, sure I mean, been. maybe it could have been like a um, kind of, uh, almost like a In Rainbows type of thing where like you have like this like EP that has like a bunch of tracks, you know, left over from it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I look, I, I, I can't, I can't say I understand what's going on in Ace's head. I don't think anybody knows that except for Ace himself. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just this is, I, I mean, look, like if, if you're an Aesop rock fan, like you are not going to be disappointed with this. Like that, that's just the end of what I have to say, frankly. No. I, and and yeah. you know, he, he is remarkably consistent and yeah. it's, it's something that, you know, he has yet to release, uh, a disappointment you know like i know with, with you know speaking of danny um you know what i'm saying um i think we both consider that a bit of a disappointment right yeah yeah i mean and, I, I i liked it a lot i think more than you did but you know i it's still like i mean it, it's like night and day compared to atrocity exhibition yeah exactly so i, I think that it's not that point where you know you're definitely it takes a few listens to to get into it i mean it was pretty immediate you know, that I liked this, it just kind of wrapped my head around, you know, where do I stand on, on the length and whatnot, so. Yeah. Cool. Right, we ready for albums of the week? Hell yeah, why don't you, uh, why don't you go first? Okay, well, um, so I, I was actually having a tough time trying to figure out what my album of the week would be, and then I uh, jumped in the car this morning to go grocery shopping, and it became very apparent, because I have uh, Igloo Ghost's uh, debut album, Neo Wax Bloom, on, in the car at the moment. I just fucking love this album so much. Like, I mean, I, I, I think if I went back, I would probably, I mean, it was, I remember it was pretty high up in my albums of the year, that year, but I mean, I would probably put it even higher. Um, wow. Because it, it's, I... I'm going to go on a limb here and say that it, it's probably the most groundbreaking electronic album of the last decade, I think, without question, frankly. Um, I, I can't really think of anything else that was just, like, as just mind-expanding as that album. And it's just, it's such a bizarre thing because, like, you, you know, we always talk about how we don't like, you know, having to listen to, like, a super long album. But, like, I, I don't mind that this thing is over an hour. Like frankly, like it, like Igloo Ghost could have made this like a triple album, and I would have just smiled through the whole thing because it's just like minute by minute, second by second, it is just so entertaining. And you like you know you, you don't know what's really coming around the bend, even though I've heard this thing you know so many times before. Um, yeah, I I, I just I love this thing. I, I loved X Y Z when that came out. Um, 
you know, same thing with uh, Clear Teme, Steel Mogu. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to what he has in store for the next album. So, yeah, nice. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, I I, I remember. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just it's just such a colorful. You know, everything he does is so you know colorful. You know, yeah, little you know just package wise, musically, it's 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 such a fun. Um, I mean, it's something that definitely seemed. You know, honestly, a little gimmicky on the surface, but once I finally listened to it, I was like, "This is, this is." Great. Yeah, you see, I would think so too, especially with like sort of the like story that's supposedly being told throughout all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be like, "Okay, like like where to where to even start?" But it's just like, <laughs> like I I almost don't care that there there's a concept. I just like the music is just that well made. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So nice. what, what do you got? Uh, I have an album from our hall from last week. It's also an electronic album. Um, a, a little whimsical in a way, but definitely a bit more on the darker end of the spectrum. This is a Chance to Cut as a Chance to Cure by Matmos. Uh, oh, I was okay. one of the one of the albums from my hall that I was most excited to listen to, and it it didn't disappoint at all. I, I mean, it's um, again speaking of gimmicks, like just. Every album of theirs, you think, okay, this is the one that's gonna, um, that's not gonna work. Like you know, whatever, whatever they chose to sample or whatever genres they're exploring, you know, this is the one that's just not gonna pan out. And I mean, and yet, (laughs) this this worked really, really well for me. I mean, they sampled, um, you know, primarily sampled medical procedures, you know, including, you know, (laughs) I guess plastic surgeries, liposuctions hearing tests, bone saws, stuff like that. And, and the the amount of depth that they were able to get, you know, the amount of, uh, you know, variety, different ideas they were able to um, able to bring to the table, it, it made for a really compelling listen. There are some tracks that are almost danceable in a way. Some tracks that are a lot, you know, darker, more experimental, noisier, but it's all really, really, really interesting. And... Uh, definitely gonna keep trying to complete my matmos collection uh really building it now i, th- I Wait, think just have you uh have you listened to the newest album um i didn't it, it kind of gave me a um autecker vibe just in the sense that it's, it's like an hour and or it's a uh, 177 like minutes so yeah. like that I, I don't i'll probably listen to it at some point but yeah definitely i just feel like with with that much music, it's difficult to like. It's just it's it's such an odd like a I don't know. I, I'll, I'll I'll give it a I'll yeah, give it a shot. I, see, I would agree with you, but one of my albums of the year is like you know two and a half hours and some change. So you know I like and it, that Matmos album is supposed to be really good from what I've heard, but I well, I just I just can't sit down for that amount of time. Yeah, I, I, I'll give it a shot, or I might try to... I mean, it looks like they broke it up into uh, three hour-long, or you know, more or less hour-long chunks. That That's that's manageable. I mean, uh, to be fair, Autecker did two on their releases, but also, I think, there's like five, like one of them's five parts, the other one is maybe even more, I forget. But, yeah. Um, it just, with, with this kind of dark, you know, complex experimental electronic music there's only 
it, it's it's an intense listen. I mean, I mean, yeah. it's it's something that you don't you don't want to sit down for for like multiple hours. So, yep, I I totally get you. Great. Right. Well, that that has been our episode. Uh, definitely a a fun mix of of releases, and you know, always enjoy doing this. Uh, we will not have a December album roundup because yep. we will be doing our year endless, which we're very much looking forward to. Yep. But before that, we have a, a fun, a little bit of a different episode for us in a way, and really excited to share that with you next week. So, thanks as yep. always for listening. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.